Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Hey, did you miss us? Welcome back to Talking Far, Far Away here from the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. And on this episode, I'm sitting across, of course, from Mr. Scott Inch over on the other side of the pond. And Scott, we're discussing something from Vanity Fair. And like we said, even before we went on here, I mean, unless you're Scott Mance, you really like really get into <laughs> these covers and everything. But I'm telling you, Vanity Fair killed it with the Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi covers. And I think probably to start off, like wh- which one do you really like? And it's like, there's just so many great covers here that I think we're just going to jump into the discussion. Yeah, uh, there's, there are at least four covers, four special edition ones. Uh, you've got the start side, the resistance, and then you've got two that I really, really like. Um, you've got Luke Skywalker with Ray, and then you've got, which is fitting, Carrie Fisher, mm-hmm. uh, Princess Leia, or General Leia, Organa, on the cover of her own, it feel like very powerful, very don't mess with me kind of person. Um, but just to see Luke Skywalker and marketing now, but I should get him in some stuff <laughs> compared to Force Awakens where he was like, no, we have to be seen. Um, unless you've got the pop uh, figure, which was the only thing, or a t-shirt came out at Celebration last year. Um, but yeah, those are the two covers that, that that I love and I would put on my wall. Yeah, I mean, the, the two covers that stick out the most for me, of course, are the was the one with specifically the one with Kylo Ren, General Hux, and Phasma because we see the other side to them. I mean, definitely between, of course, the new look Kylo Ren, I think we all knew at some point we were going to get that. Um, and even Phasma to a certain extent having that mm-hmm. staff, I mean, that was really cool. And can I just say it? A little games of Game of Thrones ish with that staff there, Gwendolyn Christie. So I, it was kind of an interesting little feel to it. Um, a little bit more of like this medieval feel to it, which was very very cool. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be Transformers last night, like a fake prophecy about them doing something that's involved with like, like King Arthur Arthurian time. It ain't happening. Um, but there's some really great stuff on these covers and i think probably you bring it up scott and i'm glad you did because luke skywalker is such a focus heading into star wars episode 8 the last jedi and since we only got him for a brief amount of time there at the end of force Awakens, <laughs> like literally just like a second of him um and then just to get him on these covers obviously we're ramping up for luke skywalker it looks like yeah we're definitely going to get tons and tons of skywalker um especially with his excellent stare i mean we all know he's got a great stare uh-huh. doing uh, star wars now um at the end of force awakens but yeah it's, it's he's it's striking he's he's a jedi he's got that jedi feel to him um i just can't say any more than that um i mean there's one picture that did and I'm sure we've we've all seen it, and it just and I posted it on Facebook when, it, when I saw it um, was Luke and Leia together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I had a tear in my eye when I saw that. Mm. Yeah, between Luke and Leia together, Scott, and the shot of Carrie Fisher and Billy Lord, yeah. I think for Star Wars fans that was like, well, okay, let me take a step back, let me get some tissues. Oh. <sighs> 
like waving ourselves and making sure we're going to be okay. And I, I think we have to anticipate we're going to have those moments in this film. And I think it's so great that Vanity Fair kind of prepped us for that. Like, yeah, you're going to see these people reunited. Of course, again, it was confirmed through Star Wars that these twins are going to reunite Luke Skywalker and Leia Organa, of course. And it's just going to be a nice, nice thing to see on the screen once again with everything that has happened. And bravo to Vanity Fair uh, for focusing on that in this. A lot of family. That's one thing that I came out of these covers, Scott, was that there seems to be a sense of family, whether it's in a very dark tone, like between Hux, Ren, and Phasma, or whether it is the lightheartedness. I mean, even to a certain extent, I'm going to be curious to hear your thought on this. The family of Poe Dameron and Finn and Rose, I, that was kind of a cool little relationship that I think they're kind of teasing at there. I think they are. I mean, um, I mean, we don't know too much about Rose. We know she's an engineer in the Resistance. Um, there, there has been talk or discussions about the fact that she might be going on a venture with Finn. But even when you watch Force Awakens, uh, Finn and Poe have just got this kind of brotherly love. Um, you saw that when... Uh, they escaped on the TIE fighter. And then when they reunited at, the, at Resistance Space, they just they just hugged each other. They're so glad to see each other. So, yeah, um, it's just, it's family, really. The Resistance is a family. They're joining, they all fight for the same cause to stop the, the, the First Order. I was going to say Empire, but that was 30 years <laughs> earlier. Um, to talk about, really just quickly, about the dark side Kylo Ren's got a cape, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty awesome. And I don't think we need a mask for Kylo Ren. It would be cool if we get to see that mask. I mean, I've got quite a few uh, figure arts and hot toys and figures of Kylo Ren with the mask. I'd be quite disappointed if he gets rid of that mask because then I feel like, I've wasted money buying it. Um, but yeah, the, the dark side, Phasma, hopefully we do get to see her without the helmet on in uh, Last Jedi. We'll just see, um, but yeah, just just go by the covers. They look fantastic. And Fanny Fair did this two years ago with uh, when they released that first cut, uh, cover of Harrison Ford, Chewie, uh, yeah. Ray, and all that on the Millennium Falcon uh, bridge. Yeah, it was it was a really cool cool cover. I remember seeing those when they first hit the stand and everything. I I kind of got that same kind of feeling with this, but it was very different then because we were being reintroduced to this universe and it was kind of cool. And I guess even with the amount of time that we have in between these films, you are kind of go- being introduced back into it again. And that's kind of the nice little um, nod that they're making here is that, yep, Star Wars episode eight, the last Jedi is right around the corner, guys. We, you gotta be ready for it and you gotta be ready to go. There's been a lot of speculation and a lot of theory. And I think throughout the Star Wars community, I think even in the podcasting community, we're all in agreement that there are two specific ones that really stood out to us. And that was DJ, which is Benicio Del Toro's character. And then, of course, we finally got an answer to who Laura Dern is playing in this film. I have to admit, those two alone are visually stunning in many, many ways, especially Laura Dern's. And if you guys have read my article, I just did the part two, which is basically an admittance that, yeah, I was wrong. I was completely <laughs> off. You guys can slam me on that. No, I'm kidding. But there was there was a lot of great information about who she's going to play. And obviously, Vice Admiral Holdo is going to be her character specifically. And Scott, I, I don't know. I mean, that picture alone really stood out to me because we're seeing Laura Dern. I remember her from Jurassic Park. 
I did not expect the purple hair with the purple dress. It was very visually stunning. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, you kind of get a uh, Hunger Games kind of feel for the mm-hmm. hair. Um, I'm looking at the picture right now, and it's just there's something captivating about it. Like you've kind of got like a the screen she's standing in front of. It's kind of like one of those projector screens, and it's just. Mm. It, the, the brown and the purple, uh, pink or purple, it kind of melds them well together. Mm. Uh, I'm not an art critic, so I'm just going by what I'm seeing. Yes, you are. What are you talking about? <laughs> just a tiny bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, the Vice Admiral Holdo, I'm, I'm going to see what kind of, if, if she has a clash with Leia, mm. um, or she on Leia's side, how she's got to deal with the, the First Order. Um there's there's very little we do know, but I just hope we she's had a lot of it. Um, I have I've seen bits of Jurassic Park. I wrote him. I haven't seen all of it because I don't like seeing people get eaten. I'm that kind of person. Especially all of watching Jurassic Park, even though I have seen Lost World, but that's a different story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she has been in a lot of great movies, but yeah, I'm I'm waiting to see what she does in this movie. All right, let's talk about DJ Scott because ah, there's just so much out there about this guy. I mean, DJ means Dark Jedi. DJ could possibly be Ezra. I'm going to throw it over to you on that one because you and I discussed this before we went on live here, is that there does seem to be, and Brian Fontaine knows exactly what we are talking about, off on the side of his cheek, there seems to be a scar there that looks awfully familiar to us who follow Rebels and follow the Star Wars universe. Now, personally, I'm just going to say it before I throw it over to you, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I think for them to try to include Ezra into this universe, they would need a lot more. They would have to tell a story about what happened after Rebels. Maybe they have a plan for it. Of course, in Star Wars and Lucasfilm, we trust. Maybe they'll tell that story. But Scott, specifically when it comes to DJ, what are your thoughts on this character? Because the first thing I thought of was like, hey, I know how to order a Heineken kind of, kind of attitude with him. <laughs> He's just, uh, it's the dark, it's the black hole, it's, uh, he kind of looks like, he's, even though he's in uh, the Marvel movies playing the collector, but he's yeah. got a different feel from that. He just looks like, maybe kind of like what Han was like at first, looking at a kind of rogue, don't uh, piss me off, I'm sorry for swearing, but kind of like don't do, uh, I know what I'm trying to say. It's just trying to get the right words. It don't like deal. Don't threaten me. Don't like don't mess with me. Kind of feel. Mm. Um, going with the the Ezra theory, I'm I'm not swaying that way. I know Brian is because of the scar and yourself. It's because of the scar on the on the left side of the cheek. But by the time last year that comes out, Rebels is still going to be on the air unless they finish it off before the movie comes out and just do a full stretch of 15 weeks. You could do it. Like, mm. Really, unless the, the, season for, the series finale is two-parter, which shares on the same day, so it would be 14 weeks. Um, it could work, but I'd, you would really, really need to explain that 30, 35-year gap between the end of Rebels and uh, the areas in The Last Jedi. And also, Rebels... It is about Ezra's story, really, in a way. But DJ, there's been a lot of talk about it being a dark Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll wait to see yeah. about that. But 
But I thought with GD, I thought, is he going to be doing like uh, a disco jet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting some beats on, get some headphones, just like getting in the club, like Jabba's old palace, like, who's up for a party? <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like it's Saturday Night Fever, but not Saturday Night Fever with this <laughs> character. And again, I, I, it's so funny because I feel like Benicio Del Toro, every time I see him in a shot, I get a similar kind of face out of him. Again, like the Heineken commercials or anything. It, yeah. He has this grittiness to him already that whenever you even add, how do I word this correctly? If, how do you, if you add even more grittiness to the shot, it's like, whoa, wait a second. This guy's pretty BA. He is going to kick some A really hard. And it's, it's really cool to see that. I mean, just in some of these shots. And I think whether he becomes a dark Jedi, whether he's Ezra, whether he's something completely different than we were even thinking, which is most likely what it's going to be. It's going to be something way beyond what Star Wars fans and what all of us here at the network are thinking. It's going to be really interesting to see how this character plays out. And again, we won't know until we walk into that theater in December and experience Benicio Del Toro for the first time in a Star Wars movie. That's what has me psyched the most is that we see Laura Dern in a Star Wars movie. We see Benicio Del Toro in a Star Wars movie. And it's just so great. We have such a great cast heading into yeah. December, Scott. We do, we do, we certainly do. Um, just one more thing. I think you could play a kind of Cad Bane kind of character. Ah. And if those who don't know who Cad Bane is, uh, go and watch the season two premiere of Rebels. You'll get a really, really good story there. Uh, not Rebels, uh, The Cold Wars, and you'll get a really, really good story there. But yeah, you could play a kind of Cad Bane kind of character. You know, I recently talked with Sean uh, from the network about this Sean Michaud. Of course, go and follow him across social media. But I recently talked to him about that. I'm so glad you bring this up. And I, I was kind of thinking about it when we're talking here, Scott. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he could play it like that kind of quiet bounty hunter role, but not associated with the First Order in any way. Somebody... Again, he may have a grudge against Han Solo and not know that Han is dead now. And maybe this is something that Finn and Poe and Rose have to now fill in the gap with because, you know, obviously Han had a debt. We saw that in Force Awakens. He had a debt with uh, Kanja Club and, uh, <laughs> and whatever that's uh, – was, that, was he Scottish? Was, was the guy Scottish that was looking for Han Solo there? Yeah, but when it comes to DJ specifically, I think there's just so much different stuff that we could see play out in terms of what he could end up becoming. And you brought it up, Scott, that Cad Bane role would be really, really cool to see play out. And I think, you know, another thing that this Vanity Fair magazine brought up, which I think is really interesting, and please make sure if it does, if you can get to your local booksellers and your local magazine sellers, make sure to pick up one of these great copies with the covers on them. Make sure, I mean, I know I'm definitely going for at least one of them, probably the Leia one, because I just love that that cover so much. But I think that there's another thing that it lays out, and, and it's not really in picture or anything else, but it kind of lays out a little bit about Snoke a little bit and how we're going to see, not necessarily his progression, but it kind of teases him a little bit. Now, recently, Scott, <laughs> you know, of course, when something comes out about a new film, more stuff starts surfacing. And this is, could be possibly spoilers we don't like to necessarily talk about them but we do sometimes and we're going to let you know right now that we're kind of getting into that but there were some leaked lego photos of a couple of the upcoming sets that we're going to see come force friday 
And I'm really curious, Scott, because somebody even got so close on a shot that we possibly could have seen for the first time a Snoke Lego figure. And I know you and I talked about it ahead of time before coming on here, was that I didn't know what to think of that because obviously he looked very different than what I thought. Yeah, I mean, when you look up at the clover, he's wearing an orange uh, jumpsuit applying to be on with being be in with the village people. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> YMC, come on, down. <laughs> come on in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, in the navy, whichever one goes well. Um, but yeah, like we got a, a quick look at him. Um, we do know that he's not human. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have theory, you and I have kind of spoke about it, but we're not going to talk about it because if you haven't read a certain book, mm-hmm. it, you're best reading that certain book uh, first before you listen to what we're going to say. We're not talking to talk about it, but yeah, read that book. Um, but yeah, he's not human, so oh, it's quite bloody as well. You can't really see that much. Um, I feel that all you can see was the orange jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all really I can say. Really, can see about it. There's there's not much that detail until we actually get an official, like, an official photo of the Lego uh, toy that it's going to be associated with to right. see it. But we do know that it was part of a Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, I did I did notice that. So whether he's going to be on the same Star Destroyer as Kyle Ren or he's flying through space on a Star Destroyer, he's not pinpointed in a location like the Emperor was on Coruscant um, in the Imperial Palace. Who knows? Hopefully we get some answers to that very, very soon. You know what the best part about leaks like this is that they're not completely spoilery because the funny thing about Lego sets, and I think the collectors here on the network really understand this, is that they do release images of what these boxes are going to look like, and they kind of tease at what might be in these boxes. But we've seen this play out before, and then the sets hit the stores, and they're completely different than what was originally leaked. Some of the things are taken out. Some things are added to them. Um, I I think it's going to be really cool to see how that plays out. And I think it's going to be curious to see once we start getting more and more information about Snoke. Of course, there's been, when it comes to collecting, of course, make sure to follow everybody here at the network, like Brian Fontaine, Chris Letty, uh, Jared Chilson, Jim Roberts, all those people, because they know specifically when it came to Supreme Leader Snoke and what we're going to see come Force Friday, there's been a lot of this (laughs) leaked information that the name associated with the products is Victor. And if you go, you can go and find these spoilers anywhere, Scott. And it's kind of cool because one recently kind of talked about Victor's safe, like it was like light sword. And I was like, huh, Hmm. interesting. I know we're kind of spewing away from the Vanity Fair stuff, but I think it's funny because we didn't get any of this stuff until after those Vanity Fair covers and this online article specifically came out. It was almost like this mass exodus of information that suddenly followed it. So I, I don't know specifically how you feel about this, but it kind of seems like we've followed that trend even with Force Awakens when we started seeing more and more of the Entertainment Weekly magazine covers. More information started getting leaked and more information started being discussed across the Star Wars uh, community. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of information does kind of come out. Because like, we've had celebration, we've had information there and 
we get the Vanity Fair stuff. Then you're right, Robin, we start to get bits and pieces, but we also need to remember that, that companies like Lego, uh, Hasbro, um, and Vanity Fair Entertainment Weekly, they all go to the set well and truly advanced to get a look at what the character's going to be, what the design, what the sets look like, so they can prepare to sell them out the toys and other merchandise with it. So we get that's how we get to see these. And there are people who work with Lego who take pictures and then post them online, which it's great that we get to see some stuff, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that don't want spoilers and want to go into these movies not knowing anything. And it just takes one wrong click and all of a sudden yeah. you're seeing something you don't want to see. You're kind of spoiled by it. I mean, we've got D23 coming up just over a month away. Um, I'm sure we're going to get maybe something from um, The Last Jedi, but hopefully more it's going to be more about Han Solo movie. Um and once Han Solo, some Han Solo, we start. We start. I mean, we've already seen it with Han Solo. Um, you click on one thing, and you end up seeing a few pictures of Alden Ehrenreich as dressed as Han Solo. <laughs> the device is just watch what you're clicking on. But if you want to see that stuff, that's up to you. But try and avoid it as best as possible, so you can be more surprised when you go into the movie. Yeah, I think we talk about that a lot here on the network, and I think we have that discussion as a network, and we kind of say it to our fans, too, at any time, whether at a live event or whether it's here on the network of shows. It's one of those things. If you're going to go look for spoilers, you can find them. They're pretty much out in the open, and you're going to be able to find them pretty quickly. But if you don't want to look for them, just be aware that, you know, hashtags like Star War- hashtag Star Wars on Twitter can sometimes be dangerous, and some of these other hashtags can sometimes be dangerous. We live in a very different world, as you know, Scott. We live in a place where information is consistently being thrown at us. And it's not like back in 1977 where it was so fresh, it was so new, you didn't know anything ahead of time, maybe other than a couple newspaper articles and maybe some magazine stuff like you see today. That really hasn't changed much. But we live in a very different world now. And information just is readily available whenever you want it. And it, like you said, Scott, you said it beautifully. You just got to be careful if you don't want to know that stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's even like that 20 years ago in 1997 where uh, the internet was just started for those those youngsters. Yes, we had no internet when I was growing up sometimes. And it was, we didn't have any access to information like this. You you saw it in papers, you saw it in a magazine, and then you saw it in the cinema. (laughs) <laughs> That's only 20 years ago, even probably 15 years ago. Yes, I'm an old fossil and I'm only 31. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as you said it as well, Robin, just be very, very careful about clicking on to certain things. That's one of the things here at the network all the time is that mm. we let you know when we're doing spoiler talk. We let you know when we're going to dig deep into some stuff. Because sometimes, of course, <laughs> we're, we're Star Wars fans. We run into the stuff at the same time. And we talk about it if we know it. And, and that's the best part about what we do, Scott, is that if we run into a spoiler, we kind of go to each other and we're kind of like, hey, you know, did you run into this too? Maybe we can have a spoilery conversation and just let fans know that, you know, other fans who run into it, Definitely. that we're going to have this conversation. And it, it really is a great conversation. And I think Vanity Fair alone, let's get back to that, because I think these covers came at a great time because there's been kind of a lack of information for such such a period of time coming out of Star Wars Celebration. 
that it's kind of nice. It's like, yeah, they're still, they're still talking about it. It's, it's still being marketed and there's still a general interest. And I think, again, they hired the best photographer, one of the best photographers in the world to do these cover shots and all the, the photos in this. And I'm just so excited for when this film comes out at this point. Yeah, I mean, these covers are beautiful and I want at least two of them on my wall. Um, but yeah, you said it perfectly, Robin. We're, it's been quite quiet, but we're getting information now. And come after us, uh, Comic-Con into August and then Force Friday, you're going to get tons of information that I'll be like, where did I go? How am I going to eat all this information? There'll be tons of information coming shortly. Shortly after. We're coming into that spell in the summer where they want to keep things so close right now because of the conventions that are coming up. But once those conventions are out of the way, bam, you're going to get tons and tons and tons of information. And that's when you guys get into the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. You follow everything happening here at the podcast network. I mean, just a lot of great stuff happening. A lot of great new shows here. A lot of great, uh, especially to make the jump coming up this summer, Scott, we're going to be able to have those kind of those little bit, those little news scoops for the people who want to know when they get released. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be great to see when these physical Vanity Fair covers come out. I know I'm going to be at my magazine seller. And I'm going to be picking up a copy and I'm going to be looking through it. And of course, once again, looking at the cover on it because they are just so great. Any final thoughts when it comes to the Vanity Fair covers here, Scott? I'll sum them up in one word. Beautiful. Uh, I like this. Hmm. One word to sum them up. Stunning. There we go. There we go. There we go. That's the way to close it out. <laughs> All right, Mr. Scott Inge. I think it is that time of the show. It's a little thing we like to call Plug time. Ah, that's right. Plug time. Where can the good people find you across social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Scott Inch or on Twitter at Scottish85. And I'm currently reading the Need John Urso book, uh, Rebels Rising. So getting into that. And Robin, guess what? What's that? We're less than four months away till I come over. Yeah, I'm so excited. Scott Inch's great American vacation. He's coming to Seacoast, New Hampshire. And to New England. We're only three months away. How beautiful is that? So make sure to keep it locked with everything at hashtag Scott's Great American Vacation. It's a real thing, guys. It's a real thing. I'm not lying to you. So make sure to check that out across social media. Check everything with Scott Inch. Also, make sure if you haven't read his articles over the Canon Book Files, make sure to check that out. It's really great Star Wars content to dig into. It's been out there for a while, but it's worth many many reads for you if you want to get into the canon books am i right scott it certainly is and i will be working on the second one very very soon the second part of it actually very very soon ah beautiful beautiful you guys can follow me over on twitter at mr vote tweets make sure to head on over to instagram follow me at the official vote head on over to facebook send me a friend request please make sure to like the brick city blockade podcast network page on facebook make sure to follow us on twitter at brick city swpc and please make sure to subscribe on iTunes to the podcast network. We even have a survey going around. We want to know your feedback on everything happening here at the network, what shows you like, what things you don't like, which is a lot of stuff. And also who is your favorite host? No, I'm kidding. We're not going to get into it because guess what? We're all your favorite hosts. We're all your favorite personalities. And we're all here in a galaxy 
far, far away. So thank you guys for listening to Talking Far, Far Away with Scott Inch and, of course, myself, Robin Vote. And as we say here on the network, may the force be with you. Always.